Welcome to another Dunker Punks podcast. In this episode, we're talking about BLT. It's what the people want to hear, so don't go anywhere. I don't want to be rich, don't want to be popular, don't want to be selfish, no. I don't want to be a goat, don't want to be ignorant, don't want to be blindfolded, I just want to be countercultural. I don't want to be a racist, don't want to be a capitalist, don't want to be a sexist, no. I don't want to pass judgment, don't want to hold grudges, don't want to be hateful, I just want to be countercultural, pacifistic, unconditional lover. Unconditionally loving organic gardener I wanna be authentic I wanna be radical I wanna be optimistic Honest, beautiful I wanna be humble I wanna be progressive I wanna be open Inspiration I wanna be like John Wesley Sarah Major Random Mouth I wanna be like Martin Luther Martin Luther King Jr. Like Santa Claus Johnny Appleseed Dirk Blimp Gandhi Alexander Mack John Clark George Fox Welcome again to the Dunker Punks Podcast. My name is Jacob Kraus. I'm your host today. I said earlier we'd be talking about BLT, and I wasn't lying. We're talking about a publication called Brethren Life and Thought. It's a ministry of the Brethren Journal Association. It's one of the many ways that brethren have come into the 20th and 21st centuries with their faith in trying to connect with each other across an ever-globalized community of Anabaptists, kind of like our podcasting here. Our contributor today is Jonathan Stauffer, and he's interviewing one of his good friends and the social media editor for the Brethren Journal Association, Chibuzo Petty. Something to think about during this interview is communication. How do you communicate with your friends? How do you communicate with your fellow brethren, whether they're in your congregation or within the national denomination or the international denomination? It's changed a lot over the last decade, much less the last... 300 years or so that the church has been alive. So with that in mind, take it away, Jonathan. For over 60 years, a publication named Brethren Life and Thought has provided deeper insight into the Church of the Brethren's history, practices, and traditions of following the Jesus way. The journal is a joint publication of Bethany Theological Seminary and the Brethren Journal Association, with new issues printed twice a year. Its purpose is listed on each front page. Quote, the journal solicits thoughtful interpretive essays, 
scholarly articles, and short creative works, including poetry reflecting the faith, heritage, and practices of the Church of the Brethren and related movements. End quote. And we'll share more about the current issue of Brethren Life and Thought later in this podcast. Now, being a scholarly journal, there can be a lot of heady articles and book reviews contained within. But in recent years, the Brethren Journal Association has expanded its resources online by starting a blog and Facebook page. That's why I'm here with Chibuso Petty to find out more. Hi, Chibuso. Glad you could join us today for this episode. Hey, Jonathan. Glad to be here. So, could you describe more of your role with the Brother and Journal Association as the social media editor? And are there things that you're excited about that you're doing with the online presence? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, the, the Brethren Journal Association has grown in its understanding of the importance of being online. Uh, when I started out um, on the board, actually, before becoming a staff member, we had a underwhelming presence, I guess you could, you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have a a blog um but we weren't doing the greatest job of keeping it updated mm-hmm. um i actually wrote a little bit for the blog while i was um on the board um josh brockway um was sort of coaching me a bit at the time um helping me to learn how to write and edit um in a new and different way than what I was used to. And and his leadership and mentorship was really helpful for me at the time. But we didn't have a vision from the board necessarily that really helped encourage um, exploration of the digital realm, so so to sure. so to so to speak. Um, and and that's really like shifted and grown in the years since. So this will be my fourth year, like involved with the Brethren Journal. Um, And when I took over as the social media editor, so before the position was just the blog editor um, and we expanded it um, so that our, we were focusing more on, on social media as a whole. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so our Facebook page had uh, 491 fans or likes um, when I took over and now as of this interview has 1,645 fans and likes on on Facebook. So over a thousand new likes since uh, September of 2016 when I um, came on board in this role. And so we've seen um, just so much enthusiasm mm-hmm. around reaching people, bringing the conversation to new people, bringing it to them in a different way. See, the journal, the print journal, comes out twice a year. And so we have a short window in which we are uh, active or relevant um, with with what we're doing on paper. But Every day we have access to over 1,500 people um, and hope to see that that grow. I try to cultivate a space and environment online that 
entices people to have conversation. So recently um, we had some pretty lively, vibrant conversation about a post um, on the atonement. Um, we posted a video that originated elsewhere. It wasn't our original content. We were sharing a post um, from someone else, but it was about um, the atonement. And I, I curate what we post on Facebook. And so I have a variety of places I look to share their content um, when we're not doing our own content. And brethren have a real interest in talking about theology, particularly something like the atonement, mm -hmm. where most theories of the atonement emphasize violence. Yeah. And so as brethren, how do we understand the atonement, which many would argue is the most central, most important aspect of our faith as Christians? Mm -hmm. What 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 happened in the passion? Mm -hmm. um, what what was it? The purpose of of it? How does Jesus' death and later resurrection impact our lives in in this world and and in the next world? Right, like that. Like for for the majority of Christians for over two thousand years, like that's been the central question. And so for brethren trying to figure out like how the death. The very, like, violent, bloody death of um, Jesus, how that saves us, is a fascinating question. And so we sure. had a number of people commenting and going back and forth. And uh, we, I, got a, I saw a comment just the other day um, where someone had gone out and purchased a book that was recommended in the thread was like I was preaching and I got this, you know, book as a sermon, you know, tool. And so, like, to me, like, that's what Brethren Life and Thought is about, right? I right. mean, Getting that conversation going. Right. And, yeah. and seeing Same. it impact the daily life of Brethren. The journal, I believe, is one of the few things related to the Church of the Brethren that is truly um, inclusive. When we do an issue on um, women in ministry, on sexuality, we will lift up the voices of those who um, believe in complementarianism, who, who believe in um, male headship, and will um, lift up the voices of, of women who are actively pastoring congregations, right? We'll, we'll lift up the voices of those who believe same-sex sexual practice is, is sin and, and would like to see repentance and transformation in uh, LGBTQIA plus identifying persons and will lift up um, queer people who are actively practicing in, in ministry, right? And so... Um, so it sounds like a broad spectrum of, of viewpoints within... Broad spectrum of viewpoints. And circles. it's one thing to get to get the print journal and have sort of this conversation in your head or a conversation with folks in your small group, but online. So when I, po I post something related to peace, right? If I want to post something related to drone warfare and what is the, the Christian response to, to drone warfare? Well, now I have this, this same spectrum, you know, around, around gender issues or around sexuality issues. We have those around peace issues, right? The Church of the Brethren includes people 
who were conscientious objectors, people who believe in direct nonviolent action. We have people who, for a variety of reasons, have, have either completely left or have distanced themselves from the historic peace witness of the Church of the, the Brethren. And so, um, because our society is so incredibly polarized, I post something, um, it, it can become a shouting match online because you feel, even though on Facebook, for instance, people see your face and your name, it still feels like more anonymous. Um, we actually had an issue uh, on our Facebook page I had posted uh, about Islam, particularly around um, the veil in Islam and trying to relate that to the veil in um, Anabaptist history and trying to figure out how, how do we do interfaith dialogue as a group that has historically um, emphasized the modesty of women, um, just like Islam historically uh, emphasizes the modesty of women. And a person got on the Facebook page and was like, shame on you for normalizing um, something that is demonic. All, all Muslims are, are ev evil. And before I even had a chance to, to address it as the editor, we had a few brethren women who got on there and were just like, I'm sorry that you've like clearly had some bad experience with someone who's, who's, who's Muslim, but like this kind of language doesn't reflect who we are as, as, people. as a people. And let's, let's talk about this. And I was like, yes, you know what I mean? This so is like self regulating self idiot exactly yeah. exactly and to me like as someone who curates the space and, and tries to cultivate something here seeing people take the initiative to go out and do that and so obviously afterwards like I, I deleted the comment and but in general we can have really exciting conversation now I mean I'm sure you know what it's like on Facebook I'll post things and I'll get four likes and nobody will comment. And, like, that's the majority of stuff that we do, right? right? But every once in a while, we'll have a post that people just gravitate to. And I'm I'm happy to cast a net and continue to cast a net um, knowing that eventually Jesus is going to put some fish in it, right? Yeah. Um, and a lot of fish at that. Right. And so that, to me, is really exciting, especially because... Like we have, I think about 475 maybe um, Nigerians who are are fans of our page. Um, we have folks from Haiti and Brazil and Ecuador and so it's not just American brethren we want to play. Yeah, it's the international. People, it's 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 international, and yeah, so um, which further complicates things because oh, yeah. we 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 know that the uh, Haitian brethren and the Dominican brethren and the Puerto Rican brethren, our brethren in Nigeria, in India, their context is so different than, than ours. And that, in many ways, leads to a theology that's very different than, than many American brethren, particularly the more progressive American brethren. And so trying to have these conversations around issues like peace can be really challenging, but I'm, I'm up for the challenge. And I'm excited, too, to talk about theology and daily life and hope that that will become a standard that all of us can relate to. Because, you know, for instance, one of the suggestions was 
um, to talk to a single mom about what it's like to be a single mom and how does your faith sustain you? Um, are there practices that are uniquely or distinctly Anabaptist that aid you in your role as a, as a, as a single mom? Well, there are single moms in... India and there's single moms in the United States, right? There are right. single moms who are Democrats and single moms who are Republicans and single moms that don't vote, right? Like, you know, and so I'm hoping things like that, how, you know, you, you're working in a corporate atmosphere that's uh, sales or number oriented and, and it's very competitive. And how do you feel about that? Like a lot of brethren would find that kind of icky, right? Like hopefully that's the sort of thing that we can talk about. So it's helped broadening the conversation of being a people of faith, a community of faith. Yes, and, and how does your faith impact your daily life? I mean, it's brethren, life, and thought. And we, I feel, we often do an excellent job of dealing with thought. Mm-hmm. It can be really heavy. I, well, with theology, that's certainly you know, the case. Yeah, and and and, and history yeah. and biblical interpretation, right. and and I can appreciate that. You know, um, I really can dig that and be energized by that. But I think it's important for us to recognize where we're weak, and I think often we emphasize the thought over the life. And I and and some of our members, our our, our fans, have really said like we're yearning for stuff about life and so you know you're a substitute teacher that's right i'm sure you're not the only brethren who's a substitute teacher or just a teacher in general right or a teacher in general right and so um having conversation with you about that i'm a single dad Mm -hmm. you know we talked about single moms um single dads are a rarer breed are there practices um religious uh practices that um, sustain me as a single dad, as a black brethren, mm-hmm. a black Quaker, a black Mennonite, right? These are these are groups who um, are, are historically predominantly white. Um, and our Facebook page, for instance, really does reach an ecumenical audience. We did a poll um, about how you identify, and we found that there were very many who identified as Quaker and Mennonite. We do have... Some, you know, non-denominational. We have some that aren't even Christian. Right. Um, but but we have very large Quaker and Mennonite populations. That's why I mentioned for the blog, we're going to try to broaden that to not just brethren sermons, but, but Quaker and, and Mennonite sermons. Because we have a lot in common, but we also have differences. And so hopefully being able to have conversation about those differences and do those differences impact your your daily life. And I would hope some common ground would also come out of those conversations, too, between differences and some probably new ground I'm sure you've you've experienced. But I want to talk about this upcoming print issue with Brother Life and Thought because it's dealing all with terms of eco-theology, theology dealing with God's creation. And I know both of us has contributed pieces to the print publication. Yes. I know that for my article, it's, I believe, one of the first ones, entitled Use So As Not to Abuse, a Summary of Brethren Views on Nature and the Environment, where I basically write about a brief historical survey from the Brethren tradition, a little bit back from the days in Europe, but through like the, our time in the United States with expanding out west as being called the Wilderness Brethren during the 1800s, 
as well as how Brethren grappled with views between creation and evolution, uh, which is a fascinating section by itself. And then the last part of that article gets into camp ministry within the Church of the Brethren, as well as how Brethren have understood um, environmentalism, how have we dealt with those questions of environmental ethics from our faith perspective. Covering a lot of ground. So to speak, yes. And I'm sure that pun was intended. And then, Trebuso, say more about your um, contribution to this issue. I'm contributing a poem um, called What If? A Reflection on Canonic Trinitarian Panentheism, um, which is... Uh, uh, Three big words. Yeah. <laughs> we, talk, we were just talking about emphasizing the thought and the headiness. Um, that's one that a lot of people maybe need to do a Google search or go to Wikipedia for... So I'll try to take this thing that's really heavy in um, philosophy and metaphysics and try to give like a really brief, naked, down-to-earth summary of it. But essentially, the idea of canonic Trinitarian panentheism is that God empties God's self in order to incarnate in, in, in Jesus. But part of that also is an emptying of oneself to create the universe. Mm. I try to reflect poetically on that idea. Um, what if? And that's the that's that's the that's the question. Would would a theology like that, um, particularly re- related to creation, um, would that change the way that we relate to the living world? Um, and so that's sort of what I what I pose mm-hmm. there. Um, I have a couple of book reviews not related to ecotheology that are also going to be in the the issue. Um, my contribution will be much shorter than than you, <laughs> yours, um, but it's a poem that that I I um, have performed mm-hmm. a variety of places um, and also used in worship um, prayerfully. So which I remember hearing it. It's a very provocative or thought-provoking piece, or for me, it's also a sense of really reflecting, meditating on what does it mean for God to be connected with creation on maybe a more d- deeper, intimate level. Right. And so I, I, I hope that it's interesting to people and that it's moving um, and that it gets people thinking, because that's, I mean, that's what it, the title is, What If? And so um, I'm not endorsing a, a, a view. I'm trying to intentionally say, like, what if? I wanted to say, too, you mentioned that uh, a variety of ways that Dunkerpunks can access the journal. But I also want to remind folks that Dunkerpunks can contribute to the journal. I mentioned earlier that we are trying to post soon. We haven't started this initiative, but in the coming months, we're going to try to start posting weekly and post sermons. And so if you are listening and you preach, whether it's as a pastor, you're preaching every Sunday at, at church. Um, I, this is hard for me because I'm not a manuscript preacher, right? But if, if you're out there and you're a manuscript preacher, send me your manuscripts. If you preach um, because you're a student and you are learning how to preach and you want to um, get some of that out there, um, if you are working as a chaplain and perhaps you are um, delivering sermons at a nursing home or a hospital, whatever it is, I would love to get some of that and we can 
talk about ways to to publish it online. Also, um, we're going to start doing more video content, hopefully less than 15 minutes, like maybe like three to nine minute short videos about theology and daily life. And so if you're a single mom or you're um, working in the corporate world or, or, or any, anything, you message me. Um, I'm, I'm easy to find on Facebook because my name's Chibuso. There aren't a ton of us out there. Um, C H I B U Z O. And, um, I would love to talk to you about how faith impacts your life. It might seem odd or tried or I don't know, but I know I can sort of ramble about this, you know, but I love it. Like, this is so important to me. I'm a single dad. I've dealt with a, a challenging life that included abuse. I have some serious health issues. I'm in the middle of a really big transition in my life. And I spend some of my free time when I'm not uh, watching The X-Files talking to people about brethren life and thought. Like, to me, if you're not about this, like, I want to know, like, what's wrong with you? Like, how can, like, how, how can we, how can we reach you? Because um, if somebody going through what I'm going through, like, gets energized by um, learning about other people's faiths, mm-hmm. learning about the practices that sustain them in their daily lives. About the history. The history of the Church of the Brethren, of, of Mennonites and Quakers, to, to explore different methods of hermeneutics. How we unpack the scriptures. Right. How we unpack, yeah, sorry, fancy, fancy okay. seminary word. That's helping out, the, uh, helping out the listeners here. That Yeah, like, this gives me life. And... If it can give me life in the midst of my challenges, like I want it to give life to other people because other people have challenges. All of us have challenges, whether it's our family life or it's our physical health or it's our work or like I mentioned for our online listeners, like we have folks who are in Haiti and in Puerto Rico and Dominican who've been ravished by tropical storms. We have folks in in Nigeria who are dealing with the Boko Haram and, and, and in violence. Uh, one of our Facebook fans um, just posted the other day about a relative of theirs, a, a young woman who was, was killed out walking home from, from work. Um, and so how do we bring all of these people together and learn from one another and pray for one another and have our lives not only enriched, but have the ability to learn how to be better Quakers or brethren or Mennonites or just Christians or, 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 or just better people. How do we grow nearer to God by learning about one another? Because if God has created us in his image, then Jonathan, you and I are like really different. You know, not only are we um, a different age, we're different races. We have very different temperaments. Um, you're laughing, uh, <laughs> you, but it's true, it's right? True. You know, um, I learned so much about who God is by interacting with you because same with you. right like that's that's the hope and, right and um, it's a miracle of god that we're friends too i'd say just exactly pray, like praise god praise you know god um and i want to i want to be a part of helping more of those 
um, connections come together. We didn't meet because of Brethren Life and Thought, but Brethren Life and Thought has enriched our friendship in in many ways, I would say. And I want that for people. Everybody needs that in their their life. And so if there are ways through talking about Alexander Mack or talking about um, drone warfare or talking about creation care and process theology, if there are ways that talking about these issues bring people together that wouldn't otherwise interact with one another, especially if we can do that in this country with our deep partisan divide mm-hmm. we can do this internationally with an oceanic divide come on why wouldn't you want to be part of that I want to thank you Trebuso for, for joining me and um, certainly having this enlivening I would say enriching discussion and conversation around the Brother and Journal Association and the work that you've been doing online as the social media editor so thank you again Trebuso and, and God bless you and your work Thank you, Jonathan. I'm so glad to be here and so glad to see you again and to see your gifts in in ministry as you conduct this interview. So, Dr. Punks, I hope you were intrigued by the conversation that I had with my good friend, Shabuso. And if you'd like to learn how you can subscribe to the print journal, you can go on to the Bethany Theological Seminary website. An internet search for Brother in Life and Thought should pull up a link. There you can sign on to subscribe for one year at 30 that's $30 per year, and which you'd be receiving two issues per year. Otherwise, the same internet search should also provide links to the Brother in Life and Thought blog as well as the Facebook page. Thank you, Jonathan and Chabuzo, for sharing about this ministry. I find it intriguing how um, platforms like Brethren Life and Thought and um, the Dunker Punks podcast have become more than just a place where some theological insights are shared or, you know, there's information that is is gained by the listener or the reader. Um, and it's become more than that. It's become a, a platform or a place for discussion thanks to social media and and a whole bunch of other ways but we can have people from like Teresa said we can have people from a whole bunch of different backgrounds different even theologies within the same denomination um, coming together to discuss and converse and be accountable to one another really sometimes it's hard whenever like we go about our daily lives uh, where we're not around people who have the same belief system as we do um to be accountable and or also to like challenge our spirituality and our faith like it is when we have people who we who we trust because they come from our same faith background so it's helpful to have places like brethren life and thought where you do have quality theological insights as well as a place to come together one question that came to my mind when listening to this interview uh stemmed from the comment that chabuza made about how Sometimes we as brethren focus more on the thought than the life part of our faith. And I've actually kind of noticed that a lot is like brethren can be really heady and really academic about their theology and their faith practices. 
And sometimes we're hesitant about incorporating those vividly into our lifestyles. So how do we, how do we do Anabaptist in the 21st century? I mean, it's 2018 already. We live in a world filled with technology and very complex systems and things like that. So how do we do peace and simplicity um, in a world like that? I feel like community, we've been doing a lot better and we're getting better at, uh, at just in terms of like the technology that's available to us. Um, this is, I mean, this podcast today where we're talking about a platform uh, where we have online discussion and really sermons and theological insights on a platform that is a a podcast that you can download on iTunes. So I think my challenge to you today is to seek ways to live out your Anabaptist faiths and beliefs in your everyday lifestyle, to to simplify in different ways, to find peace in, uh, with your environment, with yourself, with your neighbors, and to continue to be in community in whatever form that, that makes sense to you. But I also want to hear what your challenges are to the wider brethren community. But I also want to hear what your challenges are to the wider brethren community. How can the brethren better move into the modern era? What are, what are, what are some things that you've noticed that the brethren are doing really well in this fashion? And what are some things that you could see improvement or have ideas about. So I'd invite you to continue this conversation online. Um, hit us up on the Dunker Punks podcast, Facebook page or tweet us at Dunker Punks pod or take up Chibuzo on his offer and message him about doing some stuff with brethren life and thought. So to close out today, I thought I'd sing an old hymn kind of about community written by the OG brethren. Alexander Mack and revamped by another OG brethren, Seth Hendricks. So this is Count Well the Cost. Count well the cost, Christ Jesus says, when you lay the foundation. Are you resolved, though all seems lost, to risk your reputation? Yourself, your wealth, for Christ and the Lord, do you now give your solemn word? Do you now give your solemn word? Show us another way. Show us another way. Show us another way, another way of living. In Christian growth, we are mature. The fruitful vines are token that this good growth may be assured. Of times, to us is broken. The bread of fellowship replete when Christ redeemed together me. Christ redeemed together me. Show us another way. Show us another way. Show us another way.
Dunkerpunks podcast is produced by a team of contributors around the U.S. who think and live like brethren. Jonathan Stauffer contributed today's audio. Our executive producer is Suzanne Lay. The editing, hosting, and music was done by yours truly, Jacob Kraus. You can talk to us on social media at Dunkerpunks Pod or email us at dpp at arlingtoncov.org. Find out more information on dunkerpunks.com or by visiting arlingtoncob.org/dpp peace to you brothers and sisters